We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi-flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky, make it a double. Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, may be difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 27 of Blackbird. 27? Yeah. That's a high number. It is a high number. It's almost 30. So... If we do these weekly and we're at 27, that means we've been doing this for 27 weeks. That's like half a year. At least 27 weeks because there have been some weeks where we've either not done it or we've done something in place of like a a numbered episode. So yeah. So we've been doing this for half a year already? Yeah. Good Lord. We started, I think, in April. Wow. And it's October. (laughs) Cool. So yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that it's already October. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, too. It's yeah. crazy I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now. Yeah. I feel like last week I was on the beach. No, I love sweater weather. Mm. But yeah, well, we were on the beach like two nights ago, technically. Yes. <laughs> you know what this is? This is banter. This is banter. Not apologizing for it. Nope. Hashtag banter is fun. As always, I am your host, Sarah, and... The manly voice that you hear is my co-host, Dan. Hello. Um, I'm Dan. (laughs) That may be Dan's alter ego? I'm not... Yes, Dan is Dan's alter ego. Oh. And the uh, weird sound you just heard was our dog Chandler. He apparently wants to be part of this today. Even though he didn't want to before. Correct. Now he's excited. So October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So all month long, we are going to bring you cases involving domestic and intimate partner violence. Today's case is an extremely recent case, but one that I do not think is getting enough attention. This is the case of the death of LaDondra Ellington. Michelle who asked WLKY to not identify her last name, had met Melvin Martin Jr. in 2017. She said at first their relationship was going extremely well. She said, quote, he was very kind, he was joking, he loved to laugh. But soon their relationship turned into pure terror. For an entire year, Michelle explained she was the victim of mental and physical abuse at the hands of Martin. She said he held her hostage in her apartment for four days, 
and beat her with anything he could get his hands on, including a belt, his fists, and even a computer. She spent that year in fear of the man she once thought was a prince, which is exactly the way these situations usually happen. The abuser gets control by being Prince Charming and manipulating the situation to make the victim believe she is in a loving, caring relationship. And once she is in too deep, the abuser's true colors begin to show. And that is the point where it is extremely difficult to get out. Thankfully for Michelle... An opportunity presented itself when a pizza delivery driver noticed her and saved her from the abuse. She was able to get out of the relationship in June 2018 and never looked back. But when she heard the news of LaDondra Ellington, she couldn't help but think of what had happened in her past with Martin. So that's cool. So this woman was saved... By a pizza delivery driver? Yeah. Very cool. Yes. I know. Uh, you know, and, and this is kind of what we say all the time, that, like, if you notice something, call it in. Right. Uh, clearly, you know, we don't know what, what may have happened to Michelle had she not been seen by this driver or had this driver not reported anything. So... Thankfully, this person did the right thing and got her out of this situation. So um, good on you, pizza delivery driver. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Um, and to Michelle, I mean, wow, to have endured an entire year of that and thankfully be out of that situation and be able to live to talk about it is incredibly inspirational for a lot of people who are in situations like that. And, you know, like I mentioned, she, she got into it in, in the typical way, you know, nobody's, nobody's expecting going into a relationship with somebody thinking they're going to be abused. That's not your, your initial thought. It's, it's like, you don't expect to go to a party and get raped. Right. You don't expect to get right. into a relationship with somebody and, become an abused partner the sad thing though is i think some people do go into a relationship expecting to be abused because that's what they're used to and that's what they they've grown up with definitely which sucks but in general right you you there are certain situations you get yourself into with expectations of positive feedback Right. And especially in this situation, you know, the way she explained it was the beginning of their relationship was so wonderful. He was happy. He was laughing with her. He would joke all the time. He was such a kind, caring person. And that's how the majority of these things begin. You know, they, they pull you in until it's too late. They know exactly how to manipulate the situation to get you in. And they know exactly that point where they're able to turn. And now you're so far into the relationship, you're so stuck that it's difficult for you to leave at that point because you do remember what the good times were like. And that's why they do it. 
then they can manipulate the situation even more and say, well, you know, remember when we used to joke and laugh? We had such a great relationship. We can still have, you know, they, they, they play mind games. Right. Like, A, we can get that back. It's worth working on it. Or, well, we used to have that. What did you do? Right. Right. They, a lot, yeah, a lot of times they'll turn it around on the victim to say it's I your used fault. to make jokes all around and uh, all the time and you used to laugh at them. You don't laugh at my jokes anymore. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, you know, for an entire year, she was stuck in this in this abusive relationship. And, you know, she doesn't talk about how the abuse started but considering she was both mentally and physically abused i'm gonna assume that he probably started with the mental abuse and worked his way into the physical abuse because again that's usually they'll usually escalate so if they start with the mental abuse and they can see how they see how far they can get with that Mm -hmm. then they start to intertwine the physical and then it becomes more physical than it does mental so so that may have been the situation for Michelle, you know, that he was charming in the first place and then maybe started, you know, gi- giving little jabs to her here and there. But then but then potentially saying, oh, it was just a joke. Right. Don't take it so seriously. But in reality, he's trying to feel out the situation. Yeah. And, and people will do that. Not just in romantic relationships, they'll do that in in um, in work settings as well. You'll see the guy who is clearly trying to get ahead of everyone else, and he'll start pointing out your little mistakes. And when you give him the look, like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like, "Okay, I made a little mistake." He'll be like, "Oh no, no, I'm just I'm just messing with you." Like, "No, you clearly weren't." There's a way that you mess with someone. And there's a way that you're probing to see how I'm going to react mm-hmm. to you pointing out that I'm a little bit late from lunch or, or I'm leaving a little bit early today so that if I let you get away with it, you can start exerting dominance over me. Exactly. And if I let you get away with it, then you can go to the, the actual bosses and, and rat me out and I'm not going to do anything about it. Exactly. So th- these are the same kind of people that in romantic relationships mm-hmm. will... You see what they can get away with. Like, oh, I was just flirting with the girl. It's no big deal. And if she's like, oh, okay, it was just flirting. Then I was like, oh, you know, I just I just danced with her while you were grinding all over her. Oh, okay, well, you know, whatever. I guess it's it's the club. And then, okay, well, we kissed once, whatever. It was no big deal. Yep. It's all about that control and dominance. Yeah. Exactly. They want to see how far they can get with the smaller things so that they can escalate into the bigger things and exert that that complete control mm-hmm. over the entire situation so that they're able to do whatever they want, but they won't allow you to do the things that you want. It's right. what they want. You will now do what they want you to do. Right. And if you step out of line, you're going to be hit, punched, stabbed, whatever it is, so that you get back in line. And when you're in a relationship for that long and you're in that deep, it's very difficult to leave because you do 
have an emotional connection to that person. You have feelings for that person. You do remember what it was like when it was when the times were good. And maybe they are still sometimes good because, again, they're trying to to manipulate the situation where they're going back and forth. They're they're maybe punching you, but then they're hugging you afterwards saying, I'm so sorry, I'll never do that again. I can't believe that I did that to you. So they know how to play both sides so that they keep you coming back. And again, thankfully, in this situation with Michelle, she was able to get out of it. She she was able to realize the bad times are not worth the good times. Right. So right. I need to get out of this situation for my safety. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're in a relationship and it's a loving relationship and it's an equitable relationship and one of the two people just honestly Fs up after 10 years. And I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to go into details about specifically whether it's violent or verbal or whatever. It may be worth you thinking about, okay, can we work past this? There, there, you know, you don't have to, as soon as, you know, let's say I come home from work after a crappy day and, you know, Sarah asks me to do some small task and I'm like, you know what? I don't effing want to do it. She doesn't have to be like, nope, divorce. Here's the papers. Right. She can just say, okay, whatever, bro, and let me go do my own thing and then wait for me to come to her and say, hey, listen, I'm sorry. I snapped at you before. It was a rough day, my bad. And she'll be like, okay, no problem, right. and move on. So you can make mistakes and move past them, but A, you have to consider the magnitude of the mistake, and then to tie back into your point, you have to consider, well, is it worth it? If this is a 10-year-long relationship that's been loving and equitable, then it's probably worth you know, having one bad day every 10 years. Right. But if it's the kind of thing where you've been dating someone for three months and and they push you down the stairs, it's probably time to go. And to your point, you have to look at if it's a, a pattern. So if you're coming home every day and you're cursing at me. Right. And so it becomes a pattern of verbal abuse. That's when I would have to sit back and say, okay, I have to reevaluate this relationship because at that point, it's usually not something that can be fixed. Abusers who have this chronic problem of abuse more times than not are not going to be quote unquote cured of their abusive behaviors. But if it's something that happens once or twice, and I'm not talking about, you know, like punching me in the face, like punching me in the face is a completely different thing than coming home and cursing because you had a stressful day. If it's one or two times, then, you know, it's one of those things where I would say, hey, maybe you should, you know, talk to somebody about the stressors that you have in your life, because that could help the way that you are manifesting your stress into, you know, verbal <laughs> diarrhea, for, for lack of a better word. So there are some things that are, you're, you're able to work through. And there are some things that it's not go, it's, it's not 
going to be fixed. It's not salvageable, like you said. So if it's a pattern, it needs to be done. Wash your hands of it. If it's something that's once or twice, and again, I'm not talking about, you know, physical abuse. To me, physical abuse is is one and done. Like if they hit you 9.9 times out of 10, they're probably going to do it again. Right. So if they hit you once, you wash your hands of that. That's my honest opinion of, of that from what, you know, from what I've witnessed and, and from the people that I've worked with. So if it's just somebody had a stressful day, they, they had a stressful day. But if they're having a stressful day every day and they're taking it out on you every day. Right. That's not worth it. That's it's something not worth it. that needs to be really, really reevaluated. And, and you need to figure out if that's something you can live with. And I would tell you that it's, while it might be something you can live with, it's not something you, you should live with. Yeah, because, and I was going to say that. It, it's not just a question of what you can endure. Your life shouldn't be about just enduring. That's not, that's crap. That's not life. Life is not about just enduring. Life is about getting some kind of pleasure from, I mean, look, it sucks enough that the average person has to spend eight hours out of the, out of their day, uh, at work for somebody else. And maybe some of you people love your job and you weirdos are blessed and you should be grateful for it because for most of us, we do not like going to work. Uh, you got to spend eight hours of sleep. That's a third of your day gone. You got to spend eight hours at work. That's a third of your day gone. So with the limited time that you do get, you want to try to derive some kind of satisfaction out mm -hmm. of it. It shouldn't be, oh, uh, you know, I sleep for eight hours, then I go to work for eight hours, and then I come home and I immediately fight with my spouse right. or my partner. Uh, no. that's right. Then why? Then why would you continue to do this? Exactly. So, it, you know, it's something that needs to seriously have some thought put into it. I was actually just watching um, a movie. I didn't finish it. I've been watching a little bit on Netflix uh, with Scott Eastwood, actually. And I literally can't figure out which character he is in the movie. I'm pretty sure he's been introduced to us, and I literally don't know which one he is yet. Uh, it's about uh, a forward operating base in Afghanistan, I think, during the war. Um, and I'm not going to get into too much detail, but one of the guys has what sounds like a pretty crappy relationship at home. Um... And one of the other guys says something to him along the lines of like, uh, well, why are you doing this? Like, we're, we're stuck on the other side of the world for however many months. When you get home, why don't you just do you, basically? Uh, and the guy's like, well, that love is love, man. That love is love. And, and I'm thinking in my head, like, no. Like, that's not what love is. Love is, you know, like I said, if one of you comes home stressed and has a crappy day, the other one is willing to let go that you're being a little grumpy. And then we'll come to you later like, hey, can I, you know, do, do you, would you like some neck rubs? Would you like some, would you like some, something to drink? You know, I'll take care of dinner tonight. I'll do the laundry. I'll do the whatever. That's love. Love is not, I know this woman is cheating on me. Oh yeah. And that was the situation. She, she was cheating on him and she was pregnant with the other guy's child. And the guy was going to come home from war, from literal war. 
and now raise this other person's child because his wife had cheated on him. Or wife, girlfriend, whatever, had cheated on him. Like, that's not love. That's masochism. That's that's self-destruction. You need to say, I loved you. Maybe I always will, but this cannot continue. So this this is over now. Yep. Love is not about suffering all the time. It's about being willing to suffer a little bit every now and then because the majority of the time is pleasing and satisfactory. And you can love somebody and still leave the situation because you need to put yourself first. So what was the news that Michelle heard about her ex-boyfriend? In mid-September... Melvin Martin Jr. took a trip via Greyhound from Louisville, Kentucky to Markham, Illinois to visit family. On September 15th, about a week after Martin had arrived to his parents' home, his mother dropped him at the library and noticed that his bags had still not been unpacked from his arrival. Also noticeable was an incredibly foul smell permeating from the luggage. His mother noted that Martin had asked for the family to buy him clothing, even though he had luggage with him. And he had seemed to be quite preoccupied with the bags that he brought. But once Martin was out of the house, his mother took the opportunity to figure out what was truly going on. Upon opening the luggage, she found the dismembered remains of a woman and immediately called 911. When explaining the situation to the dispatcher, his mother was asked if the package had arrived in her mailbox, unsure of what type of package this was. His mother replied, quote, no, I picked my son up. He's from Kentucky. I picked him up because he was coming home. He was having a hard time. He took this suitcase in my garage. I just took him to the library and I said, let me see what's in this suitcase. It looks like it's a body in there. Martin had carried the remains of his ex-girlfriend in his luggage while traveling to visit his family. Her head, lower torso, and organs were found in the duffel bags which Martin had brought on the Greyhound bus. Wow. That man needs to be evaluated. Yeah. (laughs) Aren't he dead? I guess we'll find out if he's still with us, but... uh... Yeah, that's that's the kind of person that some with with whom something has gone very wrong. Yeah. Jeez. So he was going from place to place visiting his family members. Yeah, he was he was living in Kentucky, right? And decided he was just gonna take a trip to go visit his family in Illinois, and brought the Jeez. dismembered remains on with a, him on a bus. On a bus. Jeez. Yeah. Multiple bags. Right. He had them yeah. in I mean, I would different it bags. Would a whole person. There's a lot of volume. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use that word, but that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wow. know. 
So yeah, and so uh, no one, either no one smelled this on the bus, or just didn't didn't say anything about it. Which loops right back to what we were saying with if you see something, say something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> If somebody's got a bag that smells like rotting meat, you should probably let somebody know. Because yeah. it just might be rotting human. I mean, again, good on his mom. Yeah, you know, seriously. I mean, that's a difficult situation was, to be in, too. I was shocked. I was going to ask you when you were in the middle of that monologue there. I was like, wait, this is his mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you hate, to, you hate to turn your own child in, right. but something has gone very badly here. Exactly. It needs to be, it's your duty Yeah. To, to figure this out. Plus, I mean, at that point, that's pretty scary for what I would assume is an otherwise normal older woman. Just like, oh, hey, there's, there's a dismembered body here. Like, if he could do that to her, he could do that to me. Right. I need help. Right. So, yeah. good for her. Yeah, she apparently saw the remains and, like, immediately backed away from it and just, and called called the police wow so um i mean to to travel across state lines with that something is not okay something's broken in 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 your head something done broke something Uh, done broke good yeah but again like i have to uh 30 wow so, like, have there been signs previously, or did he have a break? Was he, had he previously been uh, a totally mentally competent person and a psychologically intact person, and then something just snapped? I guess we'll find I out. I don't know. Hey. We'll have to wait until listening. I tell next you more. Week. No, <laughs> not next week. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to wait till next week. (laughs) Martin was arrested at the library while looking at the IRS website. According to reports from authorities, he had apparently been having financial issues related to the IRS. And along with the body parts found in his bags, authorities also found several letters from the IRS. And when they arrested Martin, he gave up more information including where to find the rest of the remains, as well as why he traveled with the body parts. While Martin was in Illinois at this point, he informed authorities that the torso of his victim was to be found in Kentucky. And on September 16th, Kentucky investigators found the victim's torso discarded in a park. Due to the DNA, they were able to identify that the body parts indeed belonged to the same woman. And through both DNA and dental records, were able to identify who the woman was. The remains were that of LaDondra Ellington, Martin's girlfriend. Authorities estimated that she was murdered approximately one month prior to her remains being discovered. And when asked why he kept her remains and even traveled with them, Martin said he, quote, wanted to be with at least part of her. Wow. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised, but wow. (laughs) I mean, 
not that I'm surprised that he cut her up, but that I'm surprised that knowing that he had her bits with him, that that was his reason. Yeah, this is a this is again this is a person who clearly has had something go wrong within their brain and um, is is not associating things correctly. Yeah. So yeah, a month. So he's got month old stakes in his in his briefcase. Yeah. Whew. Jeez. Yeah. So he killed her, dismembered her, threw her torso in the park. But took out her organs. Yeah, so I was going to mention that, too. Yes. Which, like, that part I found to be... Extra freaky. Yes. Like, what did he do professionally? Do we know? I don't know. I mean, because to be able to extract organs, like, reasonably intact is not easy. <laughs> like, it, it's not like an anatomical model where you can just, like take the ribs out and there's like a nice piece of wood colored red like a heart like when you look inside a body it's 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 all just slimy meat <laughs> so yeah that's kind of freaky so he decapitated her mm -hmm. um did the torso have the arms still attached because what what did he have with him he, he had his head he had the head he had her head some organs the organs and her lower body so her leg so i'm assuming the torso had the arms right so he wow right yeah i mean i'm trying to like it's so strange i'm trying to like apply some logic to it like well why would you take that but leave that but like i can't and i guess that's a good sign <laughs> that it doesn't make sense to me yeah huh yeah Freaky. It's so, it's so bizarre. Now, as with so many of these cases, this entire situation and the murder of LaDondra could have possibly been prevented if domestic violence laws and orders of protection were more strict and taken more seriously. Back in May of this year, LaDondra filed an order of emergency protection against Martin. He told police that the murder itself began as a domestic assault, and it escalated. And not only was there an order of protection filed against him by his girlfriend earlier this year, but he has eight previous felony arrests, including multiple domestic violence cases. Martin was extradited back to Kentucky and has been charged as a fugitive fleeing prosecution, as well as for murder, domestic violence, tampering with physical evidence, and abuse of a corpse. He was arraigned on October 1st and has pleaded not guilty. And LaDondra was just 31 years old. So he had multiple felony arrests, including domestic violence, yet he somehow is, was out and was able to kill a domestic partner. Right. Domestic violence laws do not actually do anything. No. Orders of protection don't actually do anything. No. Piece of paper does not stop a knife. Correct. 
If somebody wants to hurt you, that piece of paper is not going to stop them. Scissors beat paper. <laughs> this could have been prevented. Yep. Had we taken these things seriously. Why was he not in prison? Eight felony arrests. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really should be a three-strike rule. Like, your third felony, you should go to jail for 25 years. Why was he not in prison? Why was he out? What in the system broke down so much that a person like him was able to be out on the streets? And why is the go-to always just file an order of protection? Right. Who's, who who seriously thinks that that's going to do a thing? Who, honestly, is there anyone listening right now that really thinks that a piece of paper that says, don't come stab me, is going to stop you from coming to stab me? Do any of you think that? I don't think so. No. Come on. Give me a freaking break. <laughs> to say to somebody who is so in fear for their life that they are willing to sign a piece of paper thinking that that's going to help them to say to them that that is the only thing you can do for them. How do you think that these situations are ever going to actually be resolved? Why again, did it have to take a murder for this guy to finally, I mean, obviously we don't know what the um, trial is going to be like. Uh, if he's going to take some plea deal or, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I highly doubt he's going to be acquitted of this. <laughs> um, especially considering he's already admitted, not that he admitted to necessarily the murder itself, but the fact that he knew he had a dismembered body with him, you know. Right, we, right. In his brain, in his mind, he may not have killed her, but he's clearly walking around with a body that he created. Right. Uh, so legally speaking, yeah, that's that's homicide. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm almost positive that jury is going to be convicting him. Yes. And I don't think that he'll try to get out of the charge either. It sounds like he is ready to not be walking around anymore <laughs> it sounds like it. i don't know i guess we'll see but is he gonna take a plea deal and they're gonna be like we're gonna give you 25 to life and then 25 years down the road when he's 55 years old he's up again he's up in front of the parole board and and they're like yeah you're a changed man well, not even it'll be 12 and a half years so he'll be 42 but e either way even 55 right. either way he's still gonna be a young That's guy plenty of life to commit more to murders. do it again right and do you think that going to jail is gonna fix him because no. that's where he'll go they he, he won't be committed to any kind of mental no i know i'll just mm -mm. say oh he was an a-hole who killed his girlfriend let's let's put him in a cell for 10 or 20 years yeah. and that'll do it no that'll just make him angrier right yeah i'm sure he's gonna be he's gonna be evaluated before trial probably um but i i it, they're not gonna you know, they're no, not going to say he'll that he, he's, he's, he's competent to stand trial. They're he'll not see gonna... a prison psychologist once a week for the next, maybe for if the he, next 15 years. If even, if even. Yeah, if even. But that's my point is even if he sees a prison psychologist once a week, do you really think that he's going to come out as a fundamentally changed person? No. no. 
The, Not a chance. The fact that he continued these domestic violence situations yeah. so many times over, it just, he, he, he finally got to the point where he actually killed the person. You know, we don't know what the domestic violence situations were prior to Michelle. We, we heard Michelle's account and then we obviously know what happened to, unfortunately, his murder victim. But we don't know what it was like prior. So, again, were these like stepping stones for him where he got progressively more violent as he went through the relationships and finally got to a breaking point where he killed her. We also don't know how she was killed. That wasn't in any of the reports that I found. We just know that she was killed and dismembered. Right. So I don't know if he strangled her and then dismembered her, slit her throat and then dismembered right. her. Right, and... And because she was decapitated, you're not going to know if she was strangled because those ligature marks are going to be hidden by all the other trauma. There's exactly. So it's, you know, we may need to wait for if he's going to confess. Right. And, and I, I would expect a confession. I would expect a confession. Because like I said, I think he knows exactly what he did. I don't know whether he thinks it was right or wrong but i think that he it sounds to me like he's entirely prepared to just say exactly what he did yeah and be like all right i guess i'll go to jail now whatever a lot of times in in domestic violence situations they kind of what we were just talking about they can't be rehabilitated it's like sexual predators. Like you just, you can't rehabilitate those, those kinds of people. So like continuing to put them out on the streets, they're just going to keep committing the same things over and over and over because the system isn't telling them it's wrong. The system right. is saying, okay, you did your time for three years, go back out in the world and do it again. We'll just put you in for another three years. And so this repetitive Right thing, now it's just a transaction. Yeah. So, again, like, domestic violence laws need to be so much more strict. So much more strict. Because mm -hmm. we can't continue to allow these people to keep getting out and getting into new relationships and doing the same thing over and over and over to the point where they end up killing somebody. This woman now lost her life because the system failed. Yeah, the, so the problem is that the argument that people will make with this is, oh, well, this isn't a domestic violence issue. This is a this guy was a psycho issue. And these are violent felonies. This isn't just like he had some crack on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. This These are violent crimes. Right. These are behaviors that cannot be allowed. And these are behaviors that are generally just going to continue to repeat. Sure. Again, you can't necessarily rehabilitate somebody who is, who has a pattern of complete disregard for human life. It, it's just, it's not, you're, it's not possible. We see the recidivism rates skyrocket with people in these, in these situations. Domestic abusers, 
Um, like I said before, sexual predators, uh, pedophiles, those, there's something like intrinsically wrong in the brain. You can't turn that off. So people like him are not going to just be okay. We, we, we have to look at the mentality of these people and, and say we cannot let them out into society any longer because, and I don't, I don't care about, you know, the, their, <laughs> this is going to sound horrible. I don't care about their rights at that time. I don't. If you are showing right, yeah. you a distinct pattern of abuse towards people, you don't deserve to have the same rights as everyone else. You do, you just yep. don't. Absolutely. And you're not you you cannot be reformed in in this type of situation. It's one thing if you got into a fight at a bar one night because you got wasted, and you go to jail, and you know you you. You realize that you done fucked up yeah. and you're like, hey, I'm not going to do that again yeah. because that sucked. Exactly. That cost me 10 years of my life. Exactly. But if you're just repeating the same behavior over and over and over and over and it's extremely violent, it's, it's, it's heinous, and then you go and dismember someone. Yeah, and carry them around. Right. And yeah, we don't. We don't know how to fix that yet. We don't. No. Something is broken, and yeah, maybe thousand years in the future, we'll know how to just use a tricorder and reconnect the things and and make that person behave healthy, behave normally again. Uh, cool, but we're not there yet. No. We cannot. There are things that are broken in the human brain that we cannot fix yet. And there were ways to prevent sure, absolutely. what happened. Absolutely. That's all we can do at this point. We can't fix these kinds of issues. We can simply see them coming and try to prevent them. LaDondra did not have to lose nah. her life. Nope. Period. Had he been kept in prison the first however many times, she wouldn't have even met him. Right. And maybe she would have gone on to cure cancer or do something awesome. Right. But not anymore. Nope. Because the justice system said, oh, this guy's just a violent wacko. We'll just let him go out into the streets, yep. into the world. Yep. Good call, guys. Good call. Domestic violence is not taken seriously. No. Ever. Nope. Because it's looked at as just an issue, a private issue in the home, and they'll deal with it on their own. Correct. What right does the government have to tell me I can't hit my wife? Correct. It has every effing right to tell you you can't hit your wife or your kids or your husband. It Absolutely. has every right. And if you disagree, get the fuck out of my country. Mm -hmm. Get the fuck off my planet. Yep. If you think that the government has no right to tell you that you can't hurt other people. Because you can't hurt other people. I'm telling you that. Right. Exactly. Come at me, bro. Exactly. And to have to live with somebody who's doing that to you on a 
probably daily basis. This is this is a crime that happens every day. And I don't mean that statistically it happens every day, which it does. I mean, this is a crime that the victim has to endure every day. Yep. And nobody is fixing that. And they can't get out of it because it is so ingrained in them. How can you leave your husband? How can you get a divorce? How can you? He seems so lovely. Why would you want to? Nobody sees the actual reality of the situation. Sometimes the victim doesn't even see the reality of the situation. Because they're blinded by the, the quote unquote good times. And that cycle of the abuse and then the apology. And the I'm going to buy you flowers now to right. show you how much I care about you. Right. I'm going to cook you a beautiful dinner. And then in the middle of dinner, I'm going to slam you up against the wall. And then right after that, I'm going to say, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. And then the next morning, we're going to wake up and I'm going to say, I'm so sorry for last night. I ruined dinner. No, and then I'm going to throw something at you because you said the wrong thing to me. It's right. just, it's this constant. Right. And they live in this fear of not knowing when it's going to come again. What's going to make them go off the wall? They don't even know. It could be right. anything. Yeah, you need to just go. If there are no kids involved, you need to just go. You can find another job. Yeah. You need to just go. And if there are kids involved, then guess what? They can just go too. Where are you going to go? There's a hundred thousand places you can just go. Just get out. Go to your family if you can. Uh, you know. Go to a friend's house. If you have no one to go to, you just get in a car. If you don't have a car, just get on a bus and just go as far as the ticket will take you. Go to the other side of the country. If you're in Cali, come here to New York. If you're in New York, go to California and just go to a deli and say, hi, I would like to wash dishes for $10 an hour. Yeah, that sucks. But you know what sucks more? Getting murdered and dismembered and carried around in a suitcase. Exactly. And even if it doesn't go that far, it still sucks to live in fear and having a garbage life. Yep. Where you got eight hours to sleep, eight hours to go to work, and eight hours to endure this BS. Yep. It's better to just get on a bus, go somewhere else, and work at a deli for 10 bucks an hour. Yep. And get a little apartment and start a new life. And you know what? Yeah, it's not going to be the greatest life, but it's going to be better than the one you left. It's going to be better than the one you left. Say that again for the people in the back. It's going to be better than the one that you left. The one you have now sucks. It's almost as bad as it can get. You know what's worse? When the person actually kills you. That's the worst. And it may get there. So just, just go anywhere because it's going to be better than the one you left. So if you are in a situation like what we are describing, you can always call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, which is S-A-F-E. 
7233. That's what it is on a regular keypad. You can also contact them on their website, which is thehotline.org. They have a free chat. They have a bunch of information on the website as well about um, how to safety plan and things like that. When you call, you can also talk to them about safety planning. They will find you places in your area that, again, if you don't have family or friends that you can go stay with, they will provide you with information about shelters in your area. Or they can give you uh, local domestic violence hotline numbers to call to maybe find other areas. You can, of course, also message us on Instagram at Blackbird Advocacy. Um, we can provide you with resources as well. But the number one thing is just realizing you are worth so much more than the situation that you are potentially in right now. Do not live your life thinking that you deserve to be in an abusive relationship. Nobody deserves that. Nobody. So like Dan said, if you can, just get up and go. Take that... Take that bag with you, that go bag that we talked about on our first episode. Get whatever important documents you can, cash, your phone, a charger, clothes, some soap, a toothbrush, and just get the hell out of there. Yeah, getting out is the most important thing. Even most if you can't get important. all that other stuff. That stuff is good if you can get it. But if you can't get anything, just get yourself out. Exactly. Just get out. Find a local church. Even if you're not a yeah. religious person, right. find a right. local church. They are always able to help people in need. Yeah, that's a really good point. Find a church. So again, even if you are not religious and they are going to be fine with you not being religious, or they're go even if you're not their denomination, if you're religious but you're not their denomination, they will be fine with that. They want to help you. So even if it is a church, a temple, temple, a mosque, right. Any sort of religious institution, they're there to help the community. They will take you in or at least give you enough information for you to take with you to find a place to stay. Do not stay in the situation you are in because why? Because the life that you create for yourself, no matter what it is, is going to be better than the one that you left. Exactly. Any other parting words? It's going to be better than the one that you left. <laughs> Perfect. So again, all of this information is going to be in the show notes, like always. Um, the references to the articles um, that we used for this are also going to be in the show notes. As always... If you or someone you know has a story that you would like to share on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. You can contact us on Instagram at blackbirdadvocacy or on Twitter at blackbird underscore pod. We also have a Facebook group. You can find us on there as well, Blackbird Advocacy. And 
you can find us on all of the podcast platforms, including now Amazon Music at our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Blackbird Advocacy. Please share at least the information that you hear on our show with family and friends. You don't, we've said this before, you don't need to necessarily share the podcast itself, but as long as the information is getting out there and you are disseminating it as well to people who are close to you and to people who it is important for them to hear, we are doing our jobs. Just have the discussions, talk to your friends and family, keep an open mind, and make sure that you are all staying safe. Also, please vote on November 3rd. Some states already have early voting open, so check out your state to see if early voting is an option. You can also vote by mail with an absentee ballot. So again, check your state to figure out when the application deadline is. And if you can't do either of those things, then please be safe at the polls on November 3rd. They're probably going to be crowded. This is probably going to be an absolutely epic election. (laughs) We're probably going to see people coming out in droves like we have never seen before. So please wear your mask. Please sanitize your hands. Bring wipes with you and wipe down the, the, the ballot area, the curtain, the, I don't know if people still use levers in certain areas. I don't know what it is like all across the country. We still use paper here. We had the levers for a little while, didn't we? Had we? The, we had the stupid little levers. We still had the stupid little levers. I think last election, we went away from them and then went back to them. No, last election, I remember doing paper. Yeah. So we went, we have had elections where we did the stupid we little We definitely, the yeah. Li- the little ones that they, you can feel them punching them yes. out. Yeah. Yeah. And now yep. we and then we had paper. I remember we had paper. Scantrons. The le- yes, the scantrons. Yep. Yes, exactly. The giant. Yeah. So I don't know what it's like in your area, but um, either way, you're going to be touching things that other people are touching. So yeah. uh, bring bring wipes with you. That's totally okay. Um, and hopefully, the people at the polling places are actually sanitizing the areas as well. Um, I think that's all we have to say. So, um, that's it for our episode. So, uh, as always, be safe, be aware of your surroundings, and always social distance. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. Do it for the next 500 years. Yeah. Like, we just had a conversation at breakfast about hoping that people come out of this having learned some lessons like, you know, even if you're not afraid of the corona anymore, like, there's other stuff. You just shouldn't be spitting on each other. Nope. <laughs> just just be cleaner. Just be cleaner. We're also getting into flu season. Yeah. Right. That one's coming. So. <laughs> Who knows what's next? They're, the entirety of the United States is on fire right now. The entirety of the West Coast of the United States is on fire right now. So who knows what that's stirring up. The permafrost is melting and million-year-old viruses are coming out. So that, that might get you. Just just be clean. Because who the hell knows what kind of woolly mammoth disease is going to come in 2021. Yeah. Wipe yeah. everything down. Yeah. Don't cough on each other. Right. Cover wash your mouth. Your hands. Cover your mouth. Right. And then Cover wash your, your hands. Cover your nose. Wash your hands. Don't touch, don't touch stuff and then your eyes. Right. It's pretty simple stuff, man. It's Pretty just, simple stuff. Yeah. 
All right. We'll see you next week. Peace. everyone i am nick and i'm russ and if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well informed highly educated and safe to share with your whole family that's not us nope it's not but here at the nick and russ don't know anything podcast we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it that we do new episodes every wednesday and saturday check us out at nickandrust.com and find us on apple spotify iHeartRadio, and many more including youtube thank you and i love you all Mwah.